0: Hollywood. It's time now for... Johnny Dollar. Ah, how weary, stale, flat,
1: and unprofitable seem to me all the uses of this world. Ah, who's that? Garrett Reynolds, Johnny. Reynolds and Trenton? That's right, New Jersey State Mutual Life. Well, what was the quote from Shakespeare about? Hamlet, wasn't it?
0: Alas, I'd would a tale unfold whose lightest word would harrow up thy soul, huh? freeze thy young blood, make thy two eyes like stars
1: dark from their spears, hey. and not in combined shape, heart. Now, I wait a minute, will you? my hair to stand on end like quills upon the fretful porpentine. Garrett, have you gone off your rocker? Why don't you come on
0: down here and see?
1: Yeah, I think I'd better. Oh, <laughs> to the New Jersey State Mutual Life Insurance Company, Trenton, New Jersey office. Following is an account of expenses incurred during my investigation of the Heatherstone Players matter. Expense account item one, $9.80. Train fare, lunch, and incidentals on the trip from Hartford to Trenton, New Jersey. Item two, $0.70. Taxi to Garrett Reynolds' office. Oh, glad you wasted no time, Johnny. Sit down, I'll get right to the point. Big rush, huh? If I read the signs right, yes. Okay. Whom are you expecting to get bumped off this time? You ever not? hear of the Heatherstone players? Huh? Sounds like a summer theater or a traveling stock company. It's Cyril Peter St. George Heatherstone. Cyril And Peter. he's just as bad as he sounds. An old Shakespearean actor, a real ham. Oh, friends, Romans, oh, no, no, countrymen. Don't, 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 don't do ah, it. What's that. No. It'll be bad enough when he gets here. Any minute now. What do you mean? Every other sentence, a quote from the immortal Bard. By oh. the time you've listened to him for five minutes, you never want to hear of Shakespeare again. Uh, sounds like he might be fun. Fun? He's poison. And if he gets knocked off, it'll cost the company $10,000. All right, come on, tell me off. Uh, he keeps traveling around, conducting classes in Shakespeare and putting on occasional performances with the local talent. Uh-huh. After he gets all their dough from them, that is. Whenever he pulls out of a town, he leaves behind a lot of unpaid bills. <laughs> no wonder he keeps traveling around. It's no joke. He also leaves behind a lot of enemies and a lot of broken hearts. He thinks he's Romeo himself or Casanova. Oh. Anyhow, he's back here in Trenton. He's putting on a Shakespearean festival over radio station WVGR. Oh, well, hey now, maybe I could join the cast. <laughs> but soft. What light through yonder window breaks... It is the East, and Juliet is you Cut it out! This <laughs> is serious. So am I. But go on, go on. There is not one of his cast or crew there at the radio station doesn't hate every bone in his body, except maybe young Joni Carter. And who's she? Oh, she's the girl he picked to play Juliet and Ophelia. He promised her a shining career on the stage and stardom in pictures and that sort of thing. Yeah, well, maybe she's good. Oh, don't kid yourself. As part of his act, to charm her away from Charlie Cubberley. And who is he? He's also in the cast. He's getting nothing but bit parts. Well, I still see no cause for alarm. Oh, you will, Johnny, if you ever attend one of those rehearsals. Well, look, if they all hate him so, why don't they just walk out on, the on him? The old shite has got him tied down to contracts. Must have signed him with their eyes closed. They're stuck with him, Johnny, until the festival is over. Or until somebody kills him. You think it's that serious? Johnny, one way or another, he has taken everybody he's ever come into contact with. Even you? Even me. number of times I've had to go through the operation of changing the beneficiary on his power. Who is the beneficiary? Uh, oh, as of the moment, Joan Carter. The actress you mentioned? The girl I mentioned. He uses the policy as a come on to charm the poor, unsuspecting young. Oh, what has he deserved? What has he done that it in golden letters should be set among the high tides of the calendar? What the same? King John, my boy, Act 3, scene one. May have for your plebeian ear I should have asked this churlish fellow next to you why boy he sent for me this hour. Heatherstone, this is Johnny Dollar. Oh? And here's my hand. And mine, sir, with my heart in.
0: Good man, that's from the Tempest Act. Oh, no, that not going
1: oh, to give you a chance. Look, Heatherstone, I've asked Alice to act as your bodyguard until this play of yours is over play, and you can get out of town. Play festival, dear sir, in which the immortal Shakespeare's worked. Beneath my practiced hands shall so enchant... Yeah, wait a minute, that, that Garrett, I'm yes, not going I any. said bodyguard. I've received three anonymous notes telling me in no uncertain terms that his life isn't worth a plugged nickel around that studio. Threats? Huh? Mm, just warning. What matter? To quote the bard, I bear a charmed life. Have you given those notes to the police? Yeah, but I haven't heard back from them. That's why I sent for you in such a hurry. How fitting that my end should come there, on stage, so to speak. What? <clears throat> Blow wind, camera! rack at least i'll die with harness on me back which is the same a friend that i'll die with me boots yeah i got that has anybody threatened you in person heatherstone yeah and what about that girl Joan and the way charlie coverley ah her beauty makes the vault a feasting presence full of life oh listen will you i'm talking about charlie the boy she's thrown over for you and your phony promises that boy's crazy enough with jealousy to try almost anything. Aye, ah, he is mad. Right. That he is mad, tis true, tis true, tis pity. And pity tis. Tis true. Heatherstone, he's pity. mad enough to kill you. And so are some of the others. Yeah, I've heard you're pretty rough on your cast of actors, on your crew. But well, I must be cruel, only to be kind. Now, what's that supposed They're to be? They're so ambitious, all of them, but so inadequate, so futilely do they attempt to gain the highest talent of this art with which I am so rich and now. All right, all right. Look, please. Apparently, Garrett feels that your life is in danger. I'm sure of it. And as long as I've come all the way down here, I'll take his word for it. That every one of your associates has a serious personal reason for wanting to see you out of the way. What private griefs they have, alas, I know not. Listen, will you? At least I do allow. Featherstone, don't you care that somebody's out to get you? My cast, my crew, you say? Yes. Ah, me? hmm stands not within the prospect of belief. Look, the fact remains... And yet, if twere true, then I must bear a countenance more in sorrow than in anger. In gratitude toward me, who've given them so much... Believe me, it is true. That's why I insist you have somebody to look out for you until you can get out of town. These words are razors to me, Woundary. That's up. why I sent for Dollar. This man? Huh? Yes. Let me have men about me who are Here fat, we go again. sleek-headed men, and such a sleeper night. Yandala has a lean and hungry look. He thinks too much. Such men are dangerous. Will you shut up? And yet, suppose I am. Today. Believe me, if it weren't for the 10000 it had cost the company, I sometimes think I'd like to take care of that little matter myself. And you would be found out. That's what you think. Then, Dalla, look upon his face. I quote, huh? so full of artless jealousy of guilt, it spills itself in tears <sighs> into this guilt. All right. The fact <laughs> remains that in spite of what Garrett says, you're determined to go ahead with this play, this uh, festival of yours. I am. In spite of the threats on your life. Why not? All that live must die, passing through nature to eternity. Okay, okay. When's your next rehearsal? Oh, well, this afternoon, but sir. Station WVGR, right? I correct, but sir. And I'm going to be there. To interfere with me at work? No, 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 no. To hide in a corner and see if all this fuss over you is justified. To see if the atmosphere down there is as thick as Garrett says it is. To either take on this case or not. Depending on whether I think your life's really in danger. Oh, Johnny, his life has been in danger for years. Of
0: course.
1: You uh, admit it? Aye, that I do. So therefore, harm. If harm they could have done... (laughs) would long ago have caught me in its grasp. Yeah, well, maybe you've just been lucky. Aye. In the past, I quote, treason has done his worst,
0: nor steel, nor poison, malice, domestic, foreign levy, nothing, nothing can touch me further. Oh, Lord. <laughs> and with that
1: thought, I bid thee now adieu. Yeah, well, go on.
0: And yet, perhaps, for best we talk this out, I quote, to fear the worst, of yours
1: the world. Good day, gentlemen. Yeah. You want a drink? <laughs> Garrett, that is the craziest clown I've ever met. But I still don't really see what you're worried about. That's because all you've seen is the, 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 the amusing side of him. But I tell you, Johnny. Look, did you mean that about going over to the studio? Yeah, sure. And frankly, more to see how a radio show is put together than anything else. Then I'll arrange for you to sit in the control room with the engineer, the fellow who keeps the voices and sound effects and music and things in balance. Great. I'll have a ball. Uh, Yeah? Well, you'll see why I sent for you. Why I'm so sure somebody's going to murder Heather Stone. If I didn't know you so well, Garrett, I'd think you were planning to do it yourself and call me in as a cover-up. You know something, Johnny? Well... Uh, I'll I'll call the studio, and make arrangements for you. I couldn't help feeling that Garrett's own resentment of Cyril Heatherstone was for a lot more than the mere fact he'd have to revise his policy a few more times. But if so, he wouldn't admit it to me. Item three is our twenty-five taxi to the studios at WBGR. There, I was escorted backstage, so to speak, to the control room. It was a small room facing into the main studio through a large soundproof plate glass window, and it was loaded with complicated equipment. Before the control panel, with its knobs and keys and dials, sat Gordon Mitchell, the engineer, a nice-looking chap in his 30s. Through the window, we could see Heatherstone and the cast gathered around the table working on the script. Sit here right beside me, Dollar, and you can see and hear everything that goes on in there. Oh, well, sure. Thanks, Gordon. Yeah. Is, uh... Is that microphone sitting in the middle of the studio there, the one they use when they're on the air? Yeah, that's one of them. There's one over there beside all that equipment for the sound effects men. Oh, yes, I see. And then there's another one in that booth over against the wall. And what's that for? Two uh, isolated for special voice effects, like a voice coming over telephone, things like that. A filter mic. Oh, I see. And then the one hanging over the table where they're reading will be for the orchestra when it comes in later. Uh-huh. Say, uh, you have a lot of stuff to balance when you're doing a show, haven't you? More knobs and dials and stuff. You see here? This knob controls the mic over their table out there. Uh, listen, I'll fade them in. What, do the lines stretch out to the crack of doom? Well, I... Well, plan, that I... Charlie Coverley he plays one of the small... Well, Bob. Oh. Well, well, idiot! Well, you said to get everything we could out of the line. That I did. So I added a couple of words to make a speech sound more. You added time. to Shakespeare. Yeah. Well, I thought. There we go, darling. fool. Listen to his own words. To gild refined gold, to paint the lily, to throw a perfume on the violet is wasteful and ridiculous excess. Remember that and stop being ridiculous. You heard enough, Dollar? I'll yeah. cut it off. Hmm. A gentleman's son. Brother, he really tears into them, doesn't he? Believe me, that was nothing. Dollar, he's the most hated man in this town. So I've heard, so I've heard. Pretty fast dealer, too. <laughs> you're not kidding. He sure nicked me. How do you mean? All my savings. You know, invest in this um, Shakespearean festival. He'll get a sponsor, we'll all make a million. Huh. <laughs> Well, if it wasn't for the Beneficial Finance Company, I'd be on my uppers. That way, huh? And poor Charlie out there not only lost his shirt to Cyril, but his girl, too. That little blonde beside him? The one who's talking now? Yeah. Well, listen, I'll open the mic again. That's not a mic again,
2: boy. There's Rosemary. That's for remembrance. Pray, you love. Remember. Go on. And there's Pansies. That's for thought. There's several for you, and here's some for me.
0: We may call it her Grace on Sunday. Wonderful. You make the role
1: of Ophelia live. That's oh, boy. True. If you don't get her, I'm going Silence!
2: On hand, sir! i I'm
1: silent. Yes, Charles, you mustn't interrupt. Cyril. you mustn't. You must Where's your humility, Charles, before me, the master? Remember this common proof of loneliness in young, ambitious ladder. <laughs> Sorry, brother. I can't, it? I can't take space? it. Gordon, that guy is the most egotistical character I've ever seen. He isn't going to live long. Who are you thinking of? (laughs) Any of that group out there, and the sound crew, and the musicians. There isn't one of them hasn't got murder in his eye. I told the insur... What were you going to say? (laughs) I, uh... I sent a couple of notes to Cyril's insurance man. He's an old friend of mine. Oh. I didn't sign him because I didn't want to get involved. But I told him what I'm telling you. Somebody's going to kill that guy out there unless what? you were... Metro! Wait a second. I wants you. Would
0: sit and gossip in there when there's work to be done?
1: Oh, sorry, Cyril. Uh, Mr. Heatherstone.
0: Irresponsible, loud. Wow. This is a rehearsal. That talkback's too loud.
1: First it's too quiet, now it's too loud. It sounds as though
0: you're shouting at me,
1: and that I will not have. Okay, sorry. Believe me, you will be sorry if this task is done. Believe me, I am sorry I ever got messed no. up. I shall rehearse my lines with Hamlet Barbell's ghost, that you may learn how Shakespeare there should be read. Is the filter, might can order me to... Yes, sir. Right in the isolation booth. Very well. Then hearken, all of you, to the great lines from the lips and heart of a great actor. Notice the hair-shaped toe. Raven likes himself, doesn't he? Look at those kids. Look at their eyes. See what I meant a minute ago? There's murder in them. Who's that came in the door? The back door of the isolation booth. Oh, it's one of the sound effects, man. Oh, he takes care of right, boys and girls, how's the old... Over- Silence! Whoops. Now, is this microphone on and working properly? Well, Mitchell... Yeah, it's on, but uh, work a little closer to it, will you, and with a bit less voice. You tell me how to use a microphone. <laughs> I'm quiet, all of you. What's he waiting for? The moon, darling. The moon. moon. Oh, come on, come on,
0: you old. I am thy father's spirit, doomed for a certain term to walk the night, you know, and for good, the day a... confined to fasting piles till the foul cry. Done.
2: Foul
1: cry. Don't tell me he's forgotten his line. Hence, horrible shadow. That's not the script. Thy drugs are quick. What is this? My dismal scene I means must act alone. Past hope,
0: past cure, hey. past help. Wait a minute. I call upon the guards to
1: What's happening? I don't know, darling. I...
2: Johnny Dollar, in a moment. Who among us has not hoped for a better life? Who has not had a desire to help stamp out disease and suffering among more unfortunate people throughout the world? Many have wanted to help, and many have done so. That sort of work is going on everywhere. Everywhere there is hope for freedom and a better life. Outstanding in this field of activity is Project Hope which operates from a converted U.S. Navy hospital ship called, appropriately enough, the Hope. The good ship Hope carries out its mission of mercy in far eastern waters. Wherever doctors, nurses, dentists, sanitation, and public health experts are needed, the Hope steams full speed ahead and gives what help it can. In addition to giving medical aid, the staff of the Hope works with local doctors to acquaint them with the newest of medicines and medical procedures. At the same time, the staff of the Hope learns a great deal about the symptoms and the cures of diseases with which they have had no previous contact. When the Hope was in the United States Navy, it was called the Consolation. And it is certain that the people who now operate her will give both Consolation and Hope to those who are suffering. Consolation, hope, and a new life. For wherever the hospital ship Hope is anchored, its staff is to make emergency trips to scenes of disasters and epidemics. Their services include a wide variety of skills from removing a tumor from a child's neck to putting a bandage on an old woman's cut finger. But most importantly, With the hope comes friendship and understanding, good medicine for healthy freedom, which is the right of all men everywhere. And now, act
0: two of yours truly, Johnny Dollar and the Heatherstone Players Matter.
1: Cyril Peter St. George Heatherstone was dead. There was no doubt about it. The old Shakespearean actor had died muttering the words of the immortal bard there at radio station WVGR in Trenton, New Jersey. When he fell in the isolation booth at one side, I immediately rushed into the main studio checked the dead man's body, his clothes. I searched every nook and cranny of the isolation booth and came up with nothing.
0: He's dead. Cyril is
2: dead. It's terrible. It's terrible. Is it?
1: Well, I'm glad he's dead. He's had it coming for a long, long time. Oh, stop it, Joan, stop
2: it. But he was going to make me an actress, a great actress, a star. Oh, don't kid yourself, Joan.
1: He was taking you like he took the rest of us. And me, I'm glad to see him lying there. Who are you? Huh? Oh, Don Ringo, sound effects man. I just came in and time to. Hey, wait a minute. Who are you? Johnny Dollar, insurance investigator. Investigator? That's right. Insurance. Gordon. You yeah, Dollar? all? that phone in the control room. Can you call outside on it? Sure. Then call headquarters. Get somebody from Homicide over here. Right, you are. Don. Hey, yes, sir? I want you to stay right here by this isolation booth. Make sure that nobody... Say, who, by the way, opened the door of this booth? What? I did, Mr. Dollar. Did you touch his body? No. Oh, no. Well, I hope not, because... What's the matter, Mr. Dollar? Plenty. What is it, Mr. Dollar? Well, at least I know what killed him. Yeah? What? Don, you stay here. Okay. The rest of you, back to the rehearsal table. I want to talk to you. It was so faint I wasn't quite sure for a second. But there was no doubt about that odor that came from the isolation booth. Like peach blossoms, only more delicate and more deadly. It was the odor of potassium peasanton. And I'm glad the trace of it was faint because one good whip at full strength would kill almost instantly. Had killed I'd left Don Ringo there at the booth to watch him to see if he made any move toward Heatherstone's body. But Don had been the last one near him before he died. All right, now. Officially, there's nothing I can do until the police get here. You, uh, you said you know what killed him, Mr. Dollar? Yes. Potassium cyanide, Charlie. Ever hear of it? Well, well, no, of course not. One tiny crystal, if swallowed, kills instantly. Or a single whiff of it when it's
0: heated, vaporized. Same thing. You think maybe he committed suicide, Mr. Dollar?
1: What do you think, Don?
0: Well, what do you mean? Doesn't sound like Heather Stone to me, Dollar. Kill himself. All
1: right, so he needed help from someone in this room. And Don, you were the last one near him. Now, wait a minute. Okay, okay. Charlie, yes, sir? Can you think of anybody here who might have had a better motive for killing Heatherstone than you? No. No, I can't. Charlie. I wanted to see that phony, egotistical, shyster dead more than anything else in the world. But well, I wouldn't have killed him. Well, I would, Charlie, gladly, and I make no bones about it. Police will be here any minute, Dollar. Good. How about your feelings in the matter, Don?
0: Sure. I'm glad he's been knocked off. But don't accuse me of having
1: done... I'm not accusing anybody yet. But this is kind of funny. The only one who admits he would have killed Heather Stone is Gordon here. But he was in the control room with me. Not only when it happened, but long before it happened. And potassium peatron doesn't wait. The rest of you, though, were right here next to Heatherstone. Any one of you could have slipped the stuff to him before he walked into that isolation booth.
0: Yeah, but how would we have made him take it?
1: Ah, that's a good question. Did you find any of that potassium whatever it is in the booth? No, but I got a good whiff of it. You said it had to be vaporized. For the peatron gas to do its work, yes. Dollar, could a capsule of it have been tossed into the booth or maybe uh, left in there for him to step on? Then where's the capsule? Gordon, I went over that booth with a fine-toothed comb. Joan.
0: Yes, Mr. Dollar?
1: Are you the only one who touched him before I came in from the control room? I didn't touch him. I told but you. But you were the only one who went into the booth, weren't you? Yes. The only one who could have removed any evidence of the means used to get that vaporized patent in there. Mr. Dollar, Look here, was... Dollar. If you're saying that Joni had anything to do with... What's the matter with you? Didn't you know that she was was in love with him. All right,
2: Charlie, all right, take it easy.
1: I I I thought I loved him, Charles. Honey. I I guess it took this to to bring me to my senses. Johnny, oh, Johnny. (laughs) All right, look, we've got a murder on our hands. And unless the police are able to come up with more than I have, well... But they weren't. The doctor who came along with Lieutenant Harper agreed with my conclusion that Heatherstone had died from a hefty whiff of Payton gas. But neither of them could find any possible source of the gas, even after thorough inspection of the isolation booth, the studio, and every one of us in it. Nothing did it. Finally, after some four hours of futile questioning. Well, it was murder, all right, Dollar. No question about it. Any, uh, suspects, Lieutenant? Any suspects? All of them. Every one of them. Except maybe the guy who was in the control room with you. Lieutenant, that should make him number one in the list. You've been reading too many mystery stories. Oh, look, Lieutenant. How much longer are we going to have to stay around here? You anxious to get away? What's your name, Ringo? Well, I mean it after all, you know. Inspector, would there be any harm in putting my equipment away? Uh, what equipment? Oh, mics and mic cables, patch connections on the board in the control room, so on. Uh, you see any reason, Dollar? No. Go ahead, Gordon. Thanks. I'm a little tired of just standing around. What about us, Lieutenant?
2: Is doing any good to keep us here?
1: Look, somebody in this place killed Heatherstone. Yeah, but you're not getting anywhere finding out who it was. Are we all under suspicion? Yeah, excuse me, darling. Oh, you're standing on this mic cable. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I asked you a question, Lieutenant. The answer is yes. Yes, you're all under suspicion. But what good is keeping us here? You'd rather be locked up? Hey, excuse me again, Dollar. Now this cable. Oh, sure. Hey, now wait a minute. That's the cable for the mic in that booth? Yeah, that's
0: right. Hey, excuse me.
1: Yeah, you go ahead and take it away. Gordon, those mics uh, all stay in the studio? Yes, sir. Oh, if you ever want to inspect them. Inspect them once more. What? For? <laughs> oh, I didn't know. Maybe I know, Gordon. What? This cable to the booth, Mike. It's thicker than the other.
0: Hmm?
1: Oh, yeah. Probably an old one. Or maybe it's bigger because it has a couple of extra leads in it. Extra wires. Yeah, the old ones did. That's why. Come on, Lieutenant. Huh? You too, Gordon. Got a screwdriver? Sure. In my pocket. Here you are. Pliers, too, if you want them. If I don't understand why... Now, this mic in the booth. Oh, careful, Mr. Dollar. That's pretty delicate. Then you do it. Take the faceplate off this mic. Sure. But why yeah darling potassium peatum a crystal of potassium peatum vaporized in this booth oh sure but uh, you're gonna tell me how well, maybe i'm just guessing but i think so go ahead gordon yes yeah, sir well i still don't yeah. there you are well there's the insides of it yeah and that's all is it look this tiny ball of fused metal yeah. All that's left of a heating element that was melted away inside this mic. Thanks to the extra wires in that cable. Oh, it's probably just a little piece of stuff. That... In, look at the color. A livid red. Typical of the action of potassium peatron on fused metal. Huh? On the heating element that was placed in the mic and destroyed by a surge of current through it. Hey, that color. That's right. You're right. There. Well, then the one man who didn't hesitate to say how he felt about heatherstone who said he would kill him who warned us and the one man with an alibi because i was there in the control room with him i suppose you disconnected the power leads to that cable when you went into the control room to call the police didn't you gordon yeah mr dollar you guessed right again but it was a good try wasn't it no flight of angels will sing him to his rest. So, that was it, and the company will have to pay the claim. Expense account total, including incidentals and fare back to Hartford, fifty-one twenty-five. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar.
0: Now, here is our star to tell you about next week's story. Next week, the yours truly matter. And
1: I give you one guess about the name of the victim. Join us, won't you? Yours truly, Johnny Dollar.
0: Truly, Johnny Dollar, starring Bob Bailey, originates in Hollywood. It is produced and directed by Jack Johnstone, who also wrote tonight's story. Heard in our cast were Virginia Gregg, Lawrence Dobkin, Dick Crenna, Sam Edwards, Frank Gerstel, Herb Bygren, and Hunt Conrad. Be sure to join us next week, same time and station, for another exciting story of yours truly, Johnny Dollar. <laughs>